0: Welcome to Where Are You Going, an industry-leading podcast all about business operations, freight, LTL, cost savings, profitability, and much more. Here's your host, Dave Stavali.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Where Are You Going, Uh, the podcast about uh, business, life, family, shipping. I think we're going to throw packaging in there today. Uh, but more than anything, uh, just getting to know the guests and sort of their story and and, uh, and their life, and uh, having a little fun along the way. Um, today's guest uh, definitely fits in those categories. This one might have a little more fun or a few soft jabs uh, across the airways as uh, Chris and I have uh, intersected in a few different points uh, along uh, along this journey of life, and we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about. So, Chris Niers uh the uh, national accounts manager manager for proven packaging uh welcome to the show my friend
0: thank you david for the invite i appreciate it hope you're having a great uh what is it wednesday i think it's wednesday it's wednesday midday so uh, uh thanks for the invite i look forward to this conversation
1: yes me too my friend uh the uh the middle of the middle as we uh as, uh, as we go here the day before St. Patrick's Day.
0: Yeah, it's some days I wonder if I'm in an airport or I'm in my home office, and today I'm in my home office, thank God. There you there you go. So
1: now I think the biggest challenge of this episode is going to be uh, not staying on task, because there's no such uh-uh. thing, uh-uh. but more so, uh, you know, how do we limit the time? How, how are we concise about it? Is We do have a lot of um direct and then you certainly shared history together but let's kick it off that you know where uh for um you know we actually are growing in viewers uh that that's what the numbers or viewers or listeners that's what the numbers say that's
0: a positive for you
1: (laughs) that's not bad you 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 do have to grow from zero i've i learned that at western or was it negative zero (laughs) um but Tell us the, 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 Chris Nyers story, uh, what, um, we'll get, of course, get into business and all the things that you and I have done together, but, um, tell the, tell the listeners about, about Chris Nyers and and what sort of the, the journey has been like.
0: So if I, if I can answer that from a perspective of what's the world of Chris Nyers from the time he was a baby to, uh, the man that's 58 years old today, um, that would be a hard discussion, but the simple fact is, as most people will tell you um, that know me, uh, I will quote a good friend that says that Chris Nyers in one, in two words is the energizer bunny. Mm. He, he he is the man that if you're in a room, he's going to be constantly moving And, and that constant movement, Um, has been with him since he was a kid Um, and it it, I I, I took that I took that same energy level in in, is as a child uh, in high school uh, into college ask any of the ask any of the lots of fraternity brothers um, over these many many years will tell you he was a hyperactive individual (laughs) still continues that today doesn't change. Um, that, now,
1: now, ADD and ADHD, that wasn't a big of a thing uh, in the 80s, right? Or the
0: 70s? Oh, it wasn't because mother told the doctor, yeah, he has attention deficit disorder with the big H. And yeah. yes, he could have taken Ritalin, but my mother said, "Not, nah, just let him grow out of it. Well, guess what? I didn't grow out of it. I've been with it all my life. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, that's I think what makes me Chris Niers. Um, you know, the, the way to describe it is businessman, house husband, uh, wife that toler, a husband that my wife tolerates, a serial entrepreneur, um, uh, lifelong learner. I, I think if you could describe all of that, that's me. Um, uh, from the time I was a little kid to the time I'm 58 years old, still wondering what's going on with the world at the present time.
1: <laughs>
0: Does that give you an answer Dave?
1: Yeah. And you know, I've, I've just, a uh, husband that wife tolerates is fantastic by the way that like that to me is a t-shirt that I'm seeing when I'm walking down the street. So it's 10
0: years. This year is my <laughs> 10 year anniversary. So if you ask anybody, my, everybody will say, She's still keeping you in the house. Yeah, she's still keeping me in the house. <laughs> I don't know how she puts up with me, uh, but she does
1: uh that's uh that's that's fantastic
0: um yeah we uh
1: eric jurek was on a few weeks ago and it was his 10 year anniversary uh with his company acumen so maybe we just you know this is we're celebrating anniversaries on the show i, I don't know if uh your wife if i should uh, say congrats to your wife or not uh, but-
0: you know take it say congrats to her she'd say yeah the same thing and she would also say that uh when i first met her she would have said I'll never met, never marry him. Well, guess what? I just wore her down, and I married her. <laughs> now
1: you told uh, you, you know, you gave me the layup of telling everybody how old you are. Do you, yes. do you, uh, you still feel like you have as, as much energy now? As you <laughs> <you>?
0: <laughs> I have more energy now than I probably did when I was in my thirties. Uh, again, I think the the positive to that is I'm hyper. Yep. So uh, I my energy is channeled in multiple areas. So yeah, I at 58, I don't feel 58. I don't look 58. Maybe I have an ego, but uh I, I I I don't look 58. And David probably can tell you, I don't know. My wife would probably say, "Nah, he doesn't look like it." But oh, yeah, I'm 58.
1: Nice. So what's uh what is the uh 58-year-old up to these days, what's the what? Actually, back that up. So, tell us about kind of the career journey. Uh, it seems <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, it, it seems that a lot of these Western Michigan conversations um, have a very interesting, fun journey. Uh, whether it's in that part of their life or certainly after. So, so tell tell us about that.
0: So, if you think about the journey, uh, I think the journey began in in 1985 when I. When I walked into the walked into the confines of Western Michigan University, uh, walked down to Fraternity Village Drive and became a Sigma Chi, graduated, went to school, had been in school six years, got my degree, moved out to California, worked off, worked as a cost, a cost accountant for an aerospace company, got bored with that. Left, came back to West Michigan. sales, I was in telecommunication for a number of years selling Nextel. Sold Nextel. And for most of us, you know, that was the, the, the precursor to the to the Apple and every other phone that you see now. Right. Um and and from there, I've been in sales, I went into food sales for a number of years and then and then I have been in the packaging space for the last 20 years with three different companies and and in the process, running multiple other companies that I own personally. So I kind of been in a lot of different areas, a lot of different um, jobs. But I think really, if you could encompass that down um, it's been ownership, business ownership, sales, and operations okay. and umbrella that under entrepreneurship. What, uh,
1: what was it like living out in California?
0: After... <laughs> Cal- California, California was enjoyable as California was from 1989 to just uh, about two years. Um, okay. And California at the time, um, it was incredibly fun, uh, incredibly exciting, uh, lived on the beach, played beach volleyball every day, uh, had a, at a, had a great time Worked for a large fortune 500 company. Um, but very expensive, um, coming from the Midwest. Um, that is a different culture. everything is based on what you have in your, in your wallet. Right. And not everybody is as friendly as you would want them to be. Um, it was, it was hard, but it was an enjoyable time. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed that for anything. I, I basically got the opportunity to work out there. I worked for a Sigma Chi that cool. got me the job out there in, in, uh, in aerospace. That's so it was that's fun. great.
1: Yeah, definitely. Obviously we're, we're going to talk about, Sigma Kai, today there's a few things I want to unpack. There first, I uh, I feel like that a, that you would stand out like a sore thumb in, in a good way with a room uh, of accountants. Like I don't know how does a room of accountants tolerate Chris Nyers and his energy.
0: It if you if if you could talk to my old boss at the time, he 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 said to me after about 18 months, he's like Chris, you got to get out of this bracket
1: <laughs> bracket that's great
0: he, he called it the racket he's like you've got to get out of this business this isn't for you. you you you're not the type of individual that can sit in a cubicle all day and 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 count numbers yeah I like numbers um what what business person doesn't like numbers but yeah. um but doing that general ledger cost accounting ledgers all that stuff not fun. And, um, I never stood, I never stood behind my desk. I never sat behind my desk much long, very long. I was just always antsy and I needed to be doing something. And so, yeah, in a room of accountants, uh, or that I'd run them over, uh, just run them over. Not fun. That's uh that's awesome. But I did it.
1: I did it. See, you said, you said before, when we were before this, and we were talking that none of it was going to be a surprise, right? Now that, that, I never knew that. Uh, I guarantee there's there's, there's more stuff. I, that, that's some of the, the cool part of having these conversations. Um, all right, so let's talk about packaging. Um, I think th- this is actually interesting to me just from the perspective of, um, you know, people talk, when I explain what I do, uh, yes, I've been in shipping. I've been in shipping my whole career. I really look at it as sales, but certainly I know a lot about shipping uh, from from the experience. When I think about packaging, it sort of all flows together, but my own knowledge on the topic is probably pretty limited outside of, okay, um, we we help people with their you know their packaging and their pallets and their skids, and I've been in all kinds of warehouses all across the country. Um, but really it, it stops there to a certain degree. I'm not an expert. And um, really, I would always tell people if they had questions, check out uline.com or uh, I think they still send that like literally six inch. Um, it's a six yeah.
0: inch catalog that, that I, get ho- I get it at home and <laughs> it, it, I get one every month. And the amount of uh, products that are in there are immense um and <laughs> guess what that doesn't cost them probably nothing because right. of the way they charge they can pay for every one of those catalogs no. that they sell to every person in the country
1: and that's what i thought to me and and i you know the the two years that you know i've been partnered with proven packaging your company yep. um now i think twice about that question uh, and i kind of think okay have them call chris nirens right so more than that, I know that's a, that might be the longest question in podcast history, but you kind of get the point, like what, tell us about packaging, educate the group. What is the, you know, sort of what do you do and what is the space look like?
0: So that's a very good question, David, very broad. Yep. Okay. Because packaging, and I'm not going to get into the weeds that would bore your audience, but. The the reality that packaging can encompass everything from the package that you see on a wrapper of a, a granola bar yeah. to the package that you see when you buy your Doritos to the packaging that you get that every household in this America gets every day or every couple days from Amazon that there's a corrugated box that's got your products in it from Walmart, Costco, you name it. That's, pack- that's packaging to the packaging that most of your audience may or may not go into a warehouse and they see those products and those products are grouped together on a pallet or a skid and that all those products are stacked consolidated together and they're either stretched wrapped or you will hear some people well, oh, they shrink wrapped it no nah, they didn't shrink wrap it. they more than likely they stretch wrapped it with <laughs> with film or they've or they have strapped it with plastic polyester strapping or metal strapping that's packaging and everything in between so it, 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 without getting into the weeds that's what packaging is all is all about now how does that relate to chris nyers and proven packaging well proven packaging is a packaging distributor we don't make nothing we just sell we resell um we we just sell those materials to manufacturers all of the united states or in our local market or our regional market so we sell everything everything that you see in a U line a uline catalog or a granger catalog or a or car catalog um, i sell it all um my 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 job is to go into a company small company medium company regional company or national company and help them drive costs drive out costs in terms of what they pay or improve their automation, packaging process, you name it. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing for 20 years. So do
1: you have in in this current role, uh, is it size of account, size of spend, where, you know, your, your, what you can do, because it sounds like you can kind of Uh, really customize what you do, but I can customize,
0: I can customize what I, what I want to do. And, and, and I specifically look for customers or accounts or clients that I don't have a particular spend, but for me to be beneficial, uh, you, you, you've got to be doing a, a, a sufficient number a number of dollars amounts per month in terms of commodities for me to really be able to do any analysis on what you're what you're doing. So if you're just buying a couple, if you're spending a couple hundred bucks a month at at, at Uline or Granger or Master Car or any one of those companies, you're not the top of you're not the top of customer I'm going to go after. You're spending you're spending five to 50 grand a month talk to me uh and 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 i'll promise you i'll save you I, I, I'll, I'll save you money um but more importantly i'm gonna figure out how to fix your mouse trap because more than likely your mousetrap is working but it probably needs a little tweaking got it
1: does that help it does yeah and i and i i mean from the the other side of the table on the customer's end i also think that they, they probably need to be in that level of spend to even, you know, to see value in, and what you can do as well.
0: Exactly. If you're just, if you're just spending a couple hundred bucks a month on, on, on corrugated boxes, which is one of the biggest commodities right now because of the Amazon effect um, it, it, you know, it's, I'm not going to be able to do, I'm not going to be able to do much for you, but if you're looking to, um, drive out costs, um, on all those commodities, um, I, am I'm more than likely can, can do that.
1: You mentioned the Amazon effect. It has, which is a general, which as a whole is a general term, but has that changed or adjusted your business at all? Because I, I laugh like, yes, being in shipping. Okay. Like, but when I open some of the boxes from Target or Amazon or you name the company, I am blown away by how how I'm badly packed <laughs> um, shipments are, meaning how they underutilize the space in a box. So, has that created any opportunity or changed anything in your business,
0: or is, it, is that not relatable? It's it's a it's a great question and and, and I'll, how I'll define the Amazon effect is the Amazon effect has, ch- has changed the, the dynamics of the expectation of the, of, the, of the customer, meaning the last mile deliveries, how that package is going to look, um, how much packaging material is used. All of those factors have, have, have play into the, in my opinion, in the Amazon effect. But more importantly, when I think of the Amazon effect, the, the amazon effect has affected the supply of materials in the overall market and and meaning the amount of pulp to make corrugated boxes just to supply amazon is immense hmm. and 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 so that and so if if you're a customer or you're a vendor to amazon Oh, you're, you're happy as anything, but and if somebody else like me or somebody else wants to come to you to get supply, guess what? Amazon kind of controls everything right now, Costco, Walmart. And so that's kind of what I mean by the Amazon effect from the packaging side. And it's also driven. It's also driven a lot of um, other companies to look at how they do their packaging to be competitive with them, um, and or learn from them, because Amazon kind of drives a lot of what is going on um, when it comes to packages. Because Amazon wants that package as preserved as possible, getting to to you as the customer. And guess what? Another company that may be selling you know a uh, product um, to an end customer like Dave Stavali or me. We all expect that packaging to come not broken, protected, looking like that same product is like you bought it when you were in the grocery store or when you were at Target or X, X companies. So for me, it, it it's helped my business, but it's also made it difficult at times just in, in, in overall expectations of what some of these companies um, want or demand. Got it. That's...
1: That's actually really fascinating, honestly, considering what, what, what I do and how customers are always looking to um, really cut down on the dimensions uh, and the size of their shipment, because, you know, in this case, that's what FedEx and UPS charge.
0: So and, and yes, and, and the reason is, is because UPS and FedEx changed their DIM rates, and they changed their DIM rates, and a lot of that DIM rate came Because Amazon, it may not have a direct connection to it, but there was a lot of pressure because, you know, there is still, there is still a lot of um, overutilization of packaging. To the end to the end customer, or to the customer that may be the intermediate. So if I'm if I'm if I'm working on uh, working with a food manufacturer, and that food manufacturer is shipping to 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 Walmart, guess what? They want that cubed as best that they can, right? Because it drives their cost down in terms of shipping. Yeah. So the less space that they have in terms of wasted air, the better is for them because they don't they can cube it better if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> it makes sense to me. I mean, you know, we, uh, you, you might be the only, uh, only person I have on, on the show that knows that much. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's impressive. I wish, I wish my customers knew that, my other customers.
0: It's all cubing. It's all cubing. And it, it, because yeah. half the time, half the time when you get, when you, you know, customers, customers want to drive out cost. That's the first yep. thing they'll say I want to drive out cost. I want a cheaper price on my stretch film. Okay. You want a cheaper price, so you're just asking me for 5% off or 10% off. Well, there are other ways to save money, not just the commodity lowering the price. Yeah. And and that's what a lot of people still want to this day. And uh, if if Dave Stavali comes to me and says, Chris, I just want to save another 10% of my stretch film without looking at other ways to do it, I'm probably going to walk. Yeah. No, I'm probably going to walk because I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to always lower my price, just the lower price without looking at other alternatives.
1: We've, we've always called that service consultation. Exactly. <laughs> we call it problem solving solution selling. Go. Oh man. All right. So let's, Um. you know, you mentioned your, your interests in some other, in some other businesses. I, um. you know, I think not to get into the details of that today, but I am just, you know, as far as each experience and all that, I'm just curious where you think maybe you've taken some of your biggest lessons, um, some of them, you know, the business lessons, the life lessons and and all that. Could you maybe just give a bit of color on the, the contrast between, you know, your, I guess, you know, your day job, if we want to call it that, with, you know, in the packaging industry for most of the last, what you said, 20 years, to some of your, you know, some of the dipping of your toes into uh, being an
0: entrepreneur. Oh, that's always fun. Um, and people wonder how I've got time to do all of that. Um, I've always had my toe or my foot in lots of different adventures. Some have been successful, some have, Some have failed Uh, failures I don't talk about Um, failures are just part of life but um, I I've I've got a couple e commerce uh, companies that that I own. Um, those are those have been very successful over the last ten years. I continue to I continue to grow those and and build those under our, our, our under our brand um, that we have. Um, I'm a packaging consultant, um, so I have a consulting business from the packaging packaging side. So I will just do consulting work, um, and then. Um, in 2016, formalized in 2018, I started a med tech company called Moonshot Wearables. And we are a uh, technology company working on a uh, diagnostic solution for the detection and, um, oh, how would I say this, detection of anemia for people worldwide. I kind of wow. leave it at that for the time being.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I don't I have no idea how you would actually do.
0: Uh, I I kind of as <laughs> I, how did that start? Well, I kind of tell you. Um, mm. uh, that company started. Um, after I was diagnosed with bladder cancer in 2015. Okay. Um, I am cancer free ever since. Um, and so cancer didn't beat me. I beat it. Um, and so uh, I. I started the I, I, I started the company um, after having some discussions with some people and uh, I always will say the good Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey Chris, I want you to try something different." So <laughs> I did and moonshot Wearables kind of came out of that creation and um, we are we are developing that we've been developing that platform since 2000, 2018 so I'd love to tell you more about that maybe in another and another yeah, discussion. Absolutely. That's Thanks for uh, asking. That's
1: fantastic. Uh, I I don't think I ever tied those two together. Uh, so I, that's an inspiring story, Chris. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Um, all right. So let's let's have uh, let's shift a bit and um, you know talk about well, that's maybe, a scary <laughs> thought. Well, you know, talk about how uh, I guess going back uh, what twenty four years, give or take um where you and i met at uh western that's been that long uh yeah i had and you have
0: more gray hair than i do
1: uh well i mean that depends on the time of the month uh based on when it gets dyed but uh, i appreciate you pointing that out um so (laughs) you you also on top of everything else you you mentioned the last x amount of minutes um You are also the Grand Praetor uh, for the West Michigan province of the Sigma Chi Fraternity, which is a mouthful, but essentially means you're the regional director. And that's also something you've done for for, for 20 years. So, um, you know, for most people, college was a great experience. Um, I know many of the people that I have lifelong friendships with that I shared some of that time with. Uh, literally, our faces light up, like mine is right now, like yours is about sort of that that time in our life. So, we'll talk about that today. But I'm kind of curious on how you know you how that got started, and it it has to have evolved and changed over the last 20 years. And I don't know. I assume you got into that after you moved back from California um, as far as a leadership role. But maybe you know talk about. Really, the why on you know why you you give so much of your time to it, whether it was years ago or now, and sort of what that timeline has looked like.
0: A great, a, a, a great question, and I, I will describe it this way. I, you're you're right, David. I always tell people that in when I came to college. I was, I was what you would call the, 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 the geek, you know, that, that old term G E E K. I was the geek. And um, I don't, I don't mind saying it today. And, and I, and I, and I had the opportunity to walk into that, that fraternity house on 1618 fraternity village in Kalamazoo and, and said, I want that place. And I got the opportunity to be a Sigma Chi and, and you and you look at that and now I look back on it now many many years since that time and i always said that i was going to give back because that opportunity allowed me an opportunity to grow in college have some great friends great brothers uh and have a lifelong experience that didn't end in college, it continued, um, and and I wanted to give back, and um, and I and I did. I made that commitment to give to give back in in multiple roles within the fraternity. Um, and then twenty years ago, I was given the opportunity to be the the regional director, or as you said, the grand praetor for the West Michigan Province, um, and that was that was like wow, um, and. And I've always done that. If you if you ask my wife, she'll tell you, um, that's when he lights up, is mm-hmm. when he can help his kid when he can help his kids. I've seen lots of kids go through those doors and in all the chapters, chapters in, in my province and also the chapters in all over the world, all the United States that I've been able to work with in, and, and I've seen him graduate, they're married, they have got great careers and I've seen them all become successful in one way or another. And I know it's not because of what I did. It's what I think, what the whole Sigma Chi experience did for them. And, and, and you see like, wow. And I'm talking to one of those guys now, um, that, you know, he was president of that chapter and, um, and I've seen him grow, I've seen him grow up, seen him have his, setbacks i've seen lots of lots of davids seen lots of chris's lots of mikes lots of scots come through those doors and they get out and they're better men better husbands better ex um, and i think it's all because of what they got to experience during their time um, in sigma chi and so why do i do it i do it for them not me uh,
1: that was so fantastically said. I have nothing. Thank you for 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 sharing that. That uh, that really speak speaks volumes to who you are as a person. And um, I don't know if I've ever looked at it the way that uh, you look at it in that vein. So that's uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I um uh, I wrote down a question that sort of covers a lot of time that that I was just curious on. So, um, you know I've. I, I, had a, I've lived in Grand Rapids for a big chunk of my life, which, you know, people will know is only 45 minutes from, from uh, Kalamazoo. So I, I've had sort of pockets where I've been back to Western football games and, and, um, you know, a little bit of the fraternity stuff and you, you watch people change. You watch styles change. The styles might stick out more than anything, mm-hmm. um, as, as apparently, you know, twenty twenty two is the same as 1995, which is like, a, you know, you might as well go to the DeLorean and, and go to Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. But my question is about like, the is about the people. How is in a specific, specifically that age, because what I love among other things about what you just said is you kind of develop into, you know, we're talking about fraternity. So that's a male. I think you could say the same thing about a sorority and a female, but mm-hmm. You kind of develop or you start to develop into that man or woman that you're going to become and going to be as you get as you're in your your early 20s. I I think we know that's a fact. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you've seen the people change, like meaning. Is there a difference of a 20 year old in 1985 Mm -hmm. to 2005 to, to today, or is it really? the surroundings change and, and the people are the same because you have, I think an amazing perspective, almost like a, a Mike Krzyzewski or a Tom Izzo that you've been in the same position for a long time in the same spot and, and seen so many different people.
0: Oh, how would I describe that one? Uh, I'll describe it this way. Um, and, and this is the way that I would tell anyone the, 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 the issues that the student goes through now, the names, the faces, the issues, all the same, we're all the same. It's just a different time in a different place. And, and, and what I mean by that is in, in, in 1985, 1989, we came, all of us in that era came in the era of greed is good wall street gordon get um and we all we all wanted to be on wall street all wanted to go to the top b schools you know we partied like rock stars you know we at the fraternity house back then we all had polos and khakis <laughs> okay and, and we all had nice cars Ask skinny of us we all had nice cars and 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 we could get away with murder and we, weren't, we could take all the risks in the world. Hmm. Now you take, you take that and you go 1990s, 2000s, and today. The names and faces have changed. The issues are somewhat different, but somewhat the same. But more importantly, back in when I got in to now, we didn't have an iPhone. Mm. we didn't have uh, some of us got lucky we had we would have a phone it was a lingo phone looked like a brick (laughs) okay it cost 400 dollars a minute to call okay zach morris Morris phone right yeah zach morris phone we we so we could get we could get in trouble and we could get a pass but still you know uh, uh you you could get a pass now You have a student that depends on the phone. Everything is digitized. Everything is is going to be there for the rest of your life. Everything that we all did in the 80s is in a photo, in a box, in our closet. Hmm. Guess what? That'll never come out unless I'm sharing it with somebody that I know, so it's not digitized. The, the, the issues are more amplified today than they were back then. Why? Because everything is digitized.
1: Social media.
0: Social media is all over it. And so uh, it, it, it's harder. It, it's, it's even harder for, I believe, for the student today than it was to the students in the early 2000s, to the students in the 1990s, especially the students in the 1980s or 70s. You know, You can go back it's a total it's a total different it's a total different reality today and and so uh uh the 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 student is is constantly wondering what to do and they're constantly exposed right <clears throat> Does that give you a uh, you know a, a good person? It, it, and 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 so they got the same problems, guy Dave. They really do. They've got the same issues. They they want to be away from their mom and dad. They 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 want a party. They 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 want to go to school. There's peer pressure. There's bullying. You, you name it. Um, they're still doing. They're still doing the same problems that we dealt with. It's just more amplified today. Right so that's so true
1: yeah the uh <clears throat> the late 90s early 2000s was sounds like the same as the 80s i feel like i have um there's probably a group of 15 to 20 things i have from western um the only difference is it's a lot of dispose pictures that were taken on disposable cameras <laughs>
0: yes yes exactly e- exactly and 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 so the so has the has the student has the student changed? Yeah, because the student has been raised differently. Yeah. Students raised differently. The student coming into school today is, is, is raised much differently than, than when I came to school. Uh, it, it's, it was raised differently when your parents sent you off to school. Right. And it's the same thing for the, guy, for the, for the brothers and, and sorority sisters and males and females that came out of the 70s into school in the early 80s. If you talk to all of them, every generation changes. Mm-hmm. But the faces and names also change. But in reality, they all kind of have the same things. I just think that's I, I don't know. I, I use the word cool. i didn't I didn't go to a B school uh, in
1: the uh, on the East Coast. So I'll just say it's cool that you have that like you get to have that fulfilling exposure and that perspective to
0: all that over the years. Um, it, it's been it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun, but it's also it's also frustrating because you, you 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 see you you see what the what the student today is having to deal with and you, you sometimes wish they had some of the same same opportunities because I'm right. always asked. All of us are asked, what was it like back then? And, and, and you want to share it with them, but it won't, it won't connect. It
1: won't resonate. No.
0: It won't resonate. They won't, yeah. they won't understand it because they don't have any context to that. You can learn from it, but they don't have context. Yeah, that's as a,
1: I, and honestly, selfishly, I appreciate you sharing that as a parent, uh, you know, to To two kids um, that are uh, a ways away from that, but you know, I don't know. I I guess part of me says, wait a minute, they're seven eight years away, but seven eight years just went by in a blink anyway. So it's it's uh, yeah perspective.
0: And I don't have kids. Uh, My wife and I are not blessed with kids. My kids are the 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 two hundred kids I look at every every school year, which makes me think there's a reason for that too.
1: Somewhat. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap this up, um, I, I, I saw something and maybe this is just my sense of humor of, of being a, you know, a smart ass, you know, I don't, I I don't know. But when I was looking at your, you know, when you know somebody as well as I know, you don't really look at their LinkedIn page. Oh, Um,
0: great.
1: (laughs) I looked at yours for uh, a couple minutes, uh, earlier today. And it under your, your Western Michigan, it, it, it said grade and it said B. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to ask for proof of that or, or if, um, if anyone else has ever asked you about that or, or how you decided to put that your college grade was a B on LinkedIn.
0: That's new to me because I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look at that too because uh, I, I didn't know there's a grade B on there. So honestly, you you caught me off guard. Now I'm gonna have to go look on my profile for grad <laughs> for grade B because I, I didn't even know it's there. I think that's a mistake, but we'll check.
1: So I can't answer that
0: with anything negative, David. Uh, from
1: what I'm not looking for negative. I just, from what, what I heard about the 1980s, I I, I just, I don't know how that. Kind of uh, I I, I uh, got a
0: 2.92 when I graduated. That was it. So it is probably legit. You rounded. Answer.
1: Yeah. You probably rounded the 2.9 up to a three and there you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I, I, you know, my, my, my education was partying and going to school but if you ask anybody from that era any of my pledge brothers they will tell yeah chris was always in the library ask any of them they will tell you chris was in the library guess what yeah i was kind of in the library they also renamed the firehouse the library uh uh, a couple
1: years ago so um all right uh chris you take us home where uh Okay, two two parts. Um, as as we wrap it up here for good. Uh, Thank God. We really don't want to, but we. Nah, we to. it's all right. Um, I don't
0: want people to hear this. They're gonna go, oh no, Nyers <laughs> is talking. Oh God. No, was...
1: I actually think they're gonna say the exact opposite after they listen to it. But um, title so. of the
0: show is "Where
1: Are You Going?" Uh, where is Chris Nyers going? Where's the Energizer Bunny going? And uh, how can people get a hold of you?
0: well let's see where am i going uh i'm uh when i finish here i'm going to be heading out on my bike uh to do a 30 mile ride so that's where i'm going to be heading when i get done with you um but anybody wants to get in touch with me they can they can reach out to me at uh at cnyers n-y-e-r-s at proven packaging Proven Packaging, packaging dot com, and I am more than happy to help you in any way possible. Um, But at the end of the day, um, I'm I'm here to help, even if it's a phone call, just to give you some guidance. More than happy to help.
1: Uh, That's awesome. Uh, Does that help uh, you,
0: David? Does that Does that finish it up?
1: Yeah, you put you you put a bow on it. I, I actually. Uh, I, I think I realize now, I, I don't know what episode this is, as we kind of get a groove, maybe this is seven or eight. And I think I do this selfishly to hear these stories and get to know people more. It's honestly such a privilege to do, um, I, you know, and it seems to happen every time. And uh, also I, I find it very uh, comical and to hear some of the stories and um, sort of heartwarming to hear a lot of the perspectives. So Chris, you absolutely did that today. Thank you. Uh, awesome I appreciate to, it. Awesome to have you on and uh, look forward to catching up with you when uh, you swing through and, and see your customers in, uh, in Michigan.
0: Perfect. David, thank you. I appreciate it. I wish you much success with this podcast. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you in the meantime, just don't hesitate to contact me again. Have a great day. Thank you very much. You too. See you first. See ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Where Are You Going? Feel free to look up Dave on LinkedIn for more of this original content. Thanks.